T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. big group of people hopefully many of you heading in right now to the mac downtown brian kilmeade is in route for a big event tonight which is sold out we're very much looking forward to it hannah once again is in my studio doing her makeup which i'm sure she did not want me to say on the air but you like (laughs) you like the ring lights right i do like the ring lights it makes it easier for me to make sure my makeup is all the same color What, what by the way i was a little confused you could probably clear this up because when i walked in to take over this show here this afternoon brad was in some real goofy holiday suit. But then I noticed that he's changed. So he's wearing, was that just for the purposes of the radio show? Yes, we were, we're doing festive Fridays on the Annie Fry show. So oh. that's why I'm wearing a very large snowman sweater today. Yes, that's what, so you're not wearing that tonight? No, I am not. Well, I am everyone, not wearing a snowman sweater to the Kill Me event. Everyone's going to look so nice tonight. Sue looks great. I do have a suit. Jane was confused because I'm sitting here in like a hoodie myself, but no, I brought the suit in. I've so never been fun. to the Mac. I'm excited. Well, I was there for the Jackpot Awards, and look, the, did you see the picture of the room that we put up on Twitter? Yes. It looks fantastic. It's beautiful. And the food is going to be great, so I know Brian's very excited, so I look forward to seeing everyone tonight, and hopefully you'll have a chance to say hi if you're heading to the event. Uh, I should mention that Kevin Roberts from the Heritage Foundation will be be here. He's the president of Heritage. will be with us on Monday. We're going to kick off uh, a little bit more of our Tree of Hope campaign for SSM Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital um, on Monday afternoon throughout next week where we raise with our Odyssey stations here a ton of money. I do want to mention Spain because Mike Kenny was on the show last week from Defined Destinations. We're taking a group of listeners. Hopefully you will be inspired to jump on. And I want to kind of circle back to one of the things that Mike was saying about experiences, because you can buy things. And one of the things I think that that the pandemic did, at least for me, is I don't want to buy as much stuff, material stuff. Used to be into that more. I've talked to other people that felt that way. But experiences, you really can't put a dollar figure on. And this is going to be a magical trip to Europe. We leave from St. Louis on the 23rd of April. We're there for three nights in Madrid, three nights in Barcelona, and uh, a bunch bunch of great people getting together, having fun, creating memories, and also eating a bunch of food and adult beverages as well. So jump on board. If you go to defineddestinations.com, defineddestinations.com. That's Mike's website. Mike is a guy that I traveled with when he was with another company called Holiday Vacations uh, about 11, 12 years ago in Italy, and we stayed friends. 
I've noticed all his travel information, which is up on his uh, Facebook page, and I decided that I wanted to do a trip with him, and that's why we're doing this trip to Spain next April with 97.1 FM Talk and Defined Destinations. All right. Let's do a little music here. It's one of the most um, popular stretches at the pageant ever this time of year. And once again, El Monstero, which um, does great Pink Floyd tributes, is going to be at the pageant for seven nights. Jimmy Griffin, John Pisoni, who plays drums. Jimmy, lead guitarist with us. They've been doing this for years with El Monstero in the studio on 97.1 FM Talk. How are you guys? Good. How are you, man? I'm good, but uh, what I was going to say is I'm old enough to remember when we would do these interviews when you guys needed to hawk for some tickets and say, you don't need my help anymore. You don't need no stinking help. This thing is so big, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty weird, man. It's, uh, I mean, in the last several years, we've done multiple shows, but there's usually some tickets left up till the, up till the last minute. Now they're pretty much all sold out, uh, you know, week, two weeks out. Um, I think things are kind of back to... People are back to being comfortable oh, going out again, you know. I and think that's a big part of it, yeah. too. But you also had, Jimmy guys had a big, did you have one show or two shows over the summer at the amphitheater? Uh, just one show. Just and one that, one was, that was a big success as well, wasn't it? Yes, that was uh, us in Living Color. Was How cool night. is that? Was that pretty cool? Uh, very. very. Yeah. <laughs> I saw those guys, <laughs> I saw those guys like circa 1990 at the Hollywood Bowl. The, the only oh, show wow. I've ever seen at the Hollywood Bowl was mm. uh, Living been, Color. No. Yeah, it was really, really good. So I have a great. different perspective of uh, El Monstero now because I had never in my life, seen Pink Floyd or Roger Waters, and a couple months ago, I went and saw Roger Waters in Las Vegas. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> He's pretty good, Jimmy, but let me tell you something. It gave me, and this is just being sincere, gave me an appreciation for how good El Monstero is, just listening to the quality of the music that night, which was really good, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys aren't 78 years old. He does look pretty good for 78 years old. Yeah, that's but I, Will we be that good at 78? I don't know. What, he's we'll like, he, I think he's an athlete, really. He, he takes really care is. of himself. He's super fit. But yeah. I was... I think it really gave me a good juxtaposition with the quality of the music that, that you guys do. And it's really not just the music, it's the entire show. But I wanted to see if you guys would do something like this because I'm assuming you've seen Roger do this. He, he starts the show at the beginning. He says, if you're one of those, he's behind, you know, the behind the scenes. If you're one of those, oh, I love Pink Floyd, but I don't like Roger's politics, you might as well just piss off to the bar right now. Right, right. I kind of appreciated his honesty. Right. Roger's politics and mine, very diametrically opposed, but I at least he was being candid with the audience, right? Right, right. right. And he's, uh, you know, lyrically, he's always had a specific point of view. I no mean, doubt. He's always come from the same place. It's not like his his outlook has changed. Right. Um but it's, uh, I mean, we're not personally going to do that because <laughs> even within our own band, we all have yeah. different things. I, I can know? imagine. So, so, and people aren't coming to see us to do that. So he's allowed to do that because he's him and he wrote all this wonderful music. Right. right. And I know a lot of people that, you know, go to those shows and say, boy, I sure liked it, but I just wish he wouldn't do it. I'm like, well, dude, that's what, that's what yeah. it is. Well, that's right. what I he mean, does. And you I know, knew, like, and I knew that going in and know. quite honestly, we, we cut bait just a little bit um, sooner than the end of the show. I was there. I you saw. You listen to the records. You know? Well, right. I saw, uh, I saw Roger Waters and then I saw Aerosmith in the same weekend. So I've been on this, I got to see him before they die tour this year. Right. And I have made this commitment. I've mentioned this a few times outside of Springsteen because I have my tickets ready for next year. No, nobody older than 70, I think. Not that these shows were bad, but yeah. I think I'm going to kind of, I'm I'm feeling too old, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Yeah. Well, um, I, uh, we were at Soundcheck for The Who. Uh, I we sold one of the guys a guitar. And it, when they're playing, they look like them. They look exactly the same as yeah. you've always seen them. But what, what I saw when I was there was after they got done, Roger and Pete walked off the stage when they were finished with the Soundcheck. And when they started to walk, 
that's when you go, oh, I can see man. Right <laughs> like, it was that, like, like yeah. that, you go, oh, dude, you're, like, 80. Yeah, you know? yeah. and that was, one, by the way, that was one of the shows in the past few months that I saw. Yeah. And it was great. I'd never seen The Who, and they were great. They had the orchestra, yeah, fantastic, yeah. but with the Eagles, and I think I'm going to trend toward a little bit younger rock and roll. How many years, though, John, how many is this now um, for El Monstero? Where are we at? There's always a, there's a, was that a I'm, tough I'm always, question? Well, no, that neither was one of us two have been in it since the beginning. Oh, but okay. It, it All was, right, it was 98 or 99 the first year. 99. So let's do the math. 23. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. good run. So the, Technically, uh, this was the 24th year. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Was the only year, was there any performances in 2020? Not at the yes. past, or there were? Yes, we did. Well, the summer... We did the, the, the parking lot. Outdoor show. Yeah, yeah that's so right. That's right. We did like a parking lot thing where you had to have Which like was a, the weirdest, was one it of weird? the weirdest gig as I've ever It done. worked out fine. I mean, at least we got to play and it was yeah. better than nothing. Just weird but because looking it was so out, different. At looking out and seeing four people. Yeah. And then 16 feet to the right and left of them seeing yeah. four, four more, more people, people in a space yeah. that would usually have a thousand people. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty weird. To see was, 16 people was, or 12, sorry, math. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was weird. Um but then by the winter, we did play the pageant, but it was only like 300 people. Yeah. It's yeah. just so good. You know, I, I was mentioning to you guys, I went to a show, and I've been trying to get to a lot of shows, uh, smaller shows, too, this year, because I had backed off them. Well, look, we were still being forced sure. to wear a mask a year ago, and that wasn't yeah. my thing. I understood the rules. But I've seen some shows at the pageant and at Delmo recently. It's just been, it's just so nice to get people together and to feel like you can have a good time. And I think that's maybe part of the the mission for your fans this um, this holiday season as well. So... The show's been going on for a long time, but for people who have seen it, and I, I tend to see it every two years or so, not every year, it does change. So what can we say about some of the changes that aren't top secret, John, that we could maybe let out this year? Is um, there anything in particular? Well, show-wise, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not even particularly sure. We don't have, I don't even know if I have all the details on the, on like, production-wise. Uh, Setlist-wise, we're, we're digging a little deep on this Are one. Are you? Mm-hmm. We yeah. got about, wouldn't you say, about four pretty deep cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're they're in and we're we're not doing our usual like it's the wall most of the wall yeah. a few hits then the second set a few hits all of dark side it's pretty mixed up yeah. so it's, just um, to change it up a little bit yeah keep it, yeah keep we're it just fresh. changing it up a little yeah. bit it's got it's gonna it's got a a much different flow to it. we haven't done that yet at rehearsal right. and I think that's the <laughs> that's plan what's tonight. happening tonight <laughs> the plan tonight is to start at the top and you go does that work you know what I mean do those two mm-hmm. work back to back we're trying to you know people have we have such a repeat audience you know that have seen it so many times. Where they probably wouldn't complain if we did it that way every right, time, right, right, right. but we we constantly just try to throw a little something in there. And people that are big Floyd fans, you know, there's so many albums, you know, yeah. that they love hearing those little nuggets here and there. So, so yeah, you, really, there's there's ten percent of the audience that when we do the really weird stuff, that the other ninety <clears> percent <throat> is kind of looking around, going, "I, going I, to I the don't bar know this." That time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other ten percent are going. Oh my yeah, God! And they're singing every word, and they're screaming to the heavens, and yeah. it's hilarious. So, what are the? We've talked about this a little bit, but when you're doing the rehearsal tonight, so what's that like? Are you doing the full set, and you're just adding to it, or how do you guys kind of work through this to make sure you're ready for these shows? We've. I feel like, uh, if I may, if we yeah. recently, you know, we the the stuff we play all the time, you know, the big hits, Dark Side of the Moon. Um, we kind of don't need to rehearse those yeah. every single yeah. rehearsal. So what we'll do is whatever we're adding, or like, for instance, we're doing two songs that we've pulled, we're doing two different songs that we've done one time, and one of them was 10 years ago. Um, you know, we just leave it. You may want to rehearse you, that you one, right? It, yeah. You do all this work, you play it, and then you just forget about it because you don't go back and listen to it usually after that. Like, oh, I forgot about that one. So we'll work on that, and we'll work on the newer stuff. Then we'll worry about the other stuff. So like you said, we've had about three or four rehearsals. Yeah. And so tonight we're going to try to run it. 
Yeah, the diff- the, diff- yeah. the real difficulty in this gig is coming out of the gate like a band that's been on tour. So, mm-hmm. we, and the first night is the was a, a show that you would normally be have done in a warehouse, a dress for, yeah. for a month, you know. And we have to kind of come out like, hey, we've been doing this the whole time. But there's mm-hmm. a there's a little mm-hmm. rust in terms of flow, right? yeah, just, yeah. Well, it's just in terms of flow and. It's it's coordination between us and the lighting people and the pyro people and the sound guys sure. and, the, and the video guys and all that kind of stuff. Like there's little things that start to fall into place pretty quickly with us because we have it's a similar repertoire. But uh, but yeah, it's that's that's the difficulty of this job yeah. is is making it look like we've been doing it forever and we haven't. I, I always tell people <laughs> like, doing if, you, if you went to a tour, you went and saw Roger Waters do a show like this. They've been on a soundstage for two weeks running all this in, yeah, in yeah. order. The, the okay. same, the this same is, set this every night. This is where you come out. Right. And we're going to time it here. Yeah. And the pyro cue is here. We do it the first night. Yeah, that's yeah, the, right. you know, like, that's the way it goes. We don't get a dress rehearsal on that stuff. So we kind of, I mean, we get in there early. We can kind of do it, but we're never able to run the whole show. Yeah. And that's what you would be doing with a production like that. So yeah. it really actually works out pretty darn <laughs> yeah. well. We've only had a few, like, true Spinal Tap moments, really, in, yeah. in all the years I've been doing it. Yeah. So. And the great thing about it is nobody really knows because they don't know what to expect. Right, right. right. We, we're like, oh my god, the thing didn't go off, but nobody knows yeah. that. I've always wondered, the- just just in general, because <laughs> I, it's I've usually thought- Jake's fault. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Jake, I, I've yes. thought about this just as a, a someone who's on the air who makes mistakes all the time, and it's pretty apparent when I stumble over a word or something like that. But when we're ordinarily seeing a rock show or a concert or even seeing El Monstera, there's got to be some mistakes that are made, but they're just oh, yeah. maybe not picked up on. Uh, Sometimes they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, no, just to be clear, though, because of Floyd, there are so many times where it's just like one person just, here I am, yeah. you know, and if you blow something, everybody hears it. Yeah. Now, when all eight of us are going at once or something, yeah, you can hide You can hide in the cracks pretty well there. But, yeah, yeah it's it's definitely, um, like I just saw last night, when you're just out there with just a guitar and, uh, and a vocal. Yeah. Everybody's going to hear everything you're doing, and like he has to do that a lot. Mark has to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, that's why we rehearse so yeah, much. Yeah, I've, man. I've, I've screwed up every part of the show at least once over the 22. Like, there's right. always like a lick here or mm-hmm. the, the, where I've missed something, and then you go back and you see it, and it's not as bad as you th- it's, as it is sure. in your head, you know, as it goes. But because um, yeah. we never know what's going on until after the shows are over, and I get to watch all the videos that people have taken of the. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, that's what was. I didn't realize there was a dinosaur behind me yeah, yeah, shooting fire, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I've asked you this before, but mm. is there there's limited awareness of what's going on in front of you because of all the lights as well. I mean, you can see the pit, can't you? I can see I can see that whole place. Yeah, you can. Yeah, especially when they light when they go boom mm-hmm. and light it. Like you can I can see a lot. You can see a lot from the stage. The pageant you, the pageant's good that way. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys get distracted because I know um I get why they do. When I went and saw the Eagles, they were like, no video, right? So you could hold your phone up to take a picture, but if the uh, security thought you were taking a video, so if you're basically if you're in the middle of an aisle, you could take any video you wanted. Mm-hmm. If you were on the end, then they could tap you. You couldn't. But does that distract you? As an artist, you just kind of get it. People no, are going to do I've it, I've watched right? people film the entire, like have a battery pack attached <laughs> to them and film the whole show. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, I don't get what, that. What gets you more than anything is like, when there's someone down front that's overindulged in whatever, you know, I've seen people in various degrees of either freaking out or having the best time they've yeah, ever had sure. in their lives. Um, that or like with us, it's the aerialists. You try not to look at that because that'll throw it just because you're like, wow, that's yeah, awesome. And right. then boom, Wait, what's that? When, when we have like the girls hanging from oh, the ceilings yes, yes, and yes, stuff yes. like that. 
uh, or that's the, the thing the I always pyro, talk about you know. I always talk about how, like, you know, you would rehearse that. Yeah. We don't see it until they do it. Right, right, right. right so we're yeah. trying to act like, yeah, we see this all the time, but really we're going, wow, oh my. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh boy, that was, oh, she nailed it. Wow. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it really does. Like, we have to act like, oh, we, we see this all the time. Yeah. We, when we don't, we see it the first night. You but know? it's got to be for you guys, it has to be special this time of year because you're doing all these other projects. You're working hard. I'm mm-hmm. still. Gosh darn it, I still haven't seen Celebration Day. I cannot <laughs> believe that because every time, it's almost like you look at my schedule. Mm-hmm. And if I'm out of town, you guys say, okay, let's do a show for it's Celebration Day. Right? It's always the last weekend in February. Darn it, I'm so, never yeah. here for whatever reason. Yeah. But, I mean, this is such a cool thing yeah. for, for all these local musicians to get together and to have the, the fans react this way. Right, Jimmy Griffin? It's amazing. Dude. Yeah. It's like it's, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, this is... You know, if you would have told me when I was 15, yeah, we're going to put 2,000 people in a room, you get to play real loud, and there's going to be lights, and everybody's <laughs> going to clap when you're done, I'd sign me up. Yeah, right, yeah. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah. I like, when I talk about you guys, though, when I was out in Vegas with my friend, I was trying to explain, because he's from here, but hasn't been in St. Louis in a while, and I always, I don't like saying that you're a, I don't even know how you guys refer to yourself, but I don't want to say cover band, or even tribute band doesn't really seem to cover it all because mm-hmm. you've gotten to this level where and I know celebration days there's similar patterns there but it's it's kind of above the the ordinary cover band tribute band yeah. isn't it at this point yeah <laughs> like, a, like a pink floyd experience or yes. something like right. that is the way I would would word it yeah it's it's pretty amazing too cuz after the living color guys just played with us. Uh, they 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 did an interview with Eddie Trunk, and and anyway, point being, Eddie's like, wait a minute, where are they from? And he's like, they're from St. Louis. He goes, and it's that big of a production. Why don't they tour? You know, he yeah. Was like, he goes, he's like, don't the Australian Pink Floyd play stadiums? It's like we're just not. Oh, we're wow. not. In, you know how expensive this is. Like when we take it on the road. Yeah, no, I think people don't realize that. Well, listen, before I let you go, I want to mention, though, this is, um, I think a lot of people listening to to my show on this station, they know Jeff Burton, and they're familiar with Mm -hmm. what happened with Jeff and his passing. I know that they they just had a tribute this week at the pageant to, to raise some money as well, but you guys are doing something with Mission Taco, aren't you? I, I yes, yeah, yeah. Julie, There's you want to fill us in on that? Do you have the details? She brought us a, a burrito. I'm told that... I, I the, love Mission Taco. Yeah, yeah, it's the Three Little Piggies burrito, which is outstanding. I ate there the other night before I went to Foles um, to raise money. So for every uh, taco sold, or I'm sorry, burrito sold, $1 will go to Jeff's wife and kids. Oh, wow. The shows are December 16th through the 18th, 21 through the 23rd, 30th. What are we, Julie, what are we looking for for the dates that are still open? The, the 30th. Yeah, that's it, yeah, right? By the end of this interview, they'll probably be there's gone. 25. There's 25 <laughs> tickets left for the show that we put on sale last Caller week. Caller number one. Sorry, <laughs> no, no callers. Well, good luck with this year's yeah. um, event, and I think I'm going to try to sneak in if I can go to StubHub or somewhere and get a sec. You know, I got to go to the secondary market. We can't, can't get help tickets you, buddy. These you days. Know, I know. I know. <laughs> you know if only I knew somebody, <laughs> I can't. Jimmy Griffin, Joppasoni, thank you so nice. much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. be a great event tonight at the downtown MAC. We look forward to seeing everybody there. Mr. Kilmeade probably rolling into town here in the next 45 minutes or so. And a big basketball game tomorrow. Big one here in St. Louis in about a week and a half between Mizzou and Illinois. But the Tigers host KU. It's the big rivalry game that used to be a real big deal, but let's get a preview because I think Mizzou has a shot tomorrow against the uh, Jayhawks. Chris Gervino, Mizzou broadcaster. We went to Jay school together decades and decades ago. We won't focus on that. Gervino, how are you this afternoon? Hey, Mark, I'm doing well. Good to be with you. Thanks. It's a nice start. I have not met Coach Gates yet, but I I know we've got a bunch of cupcakes and and all that. That's fine, though, because I think they did things the right way, getting these kids with some chemistry, and that was a great win at Wichita State last week, wasn't it? Well, it was. You can't be any better than 9-0 and after nine games, and the most impressive win was certainly at Wichita State, a true road game against a decent program and a game in which Missouri came back from 10 down with about five minutes to go. So that's the best of the wins. They all add up, and uh, certainly if Missouri gets a win this weekend over Kansas, that would be the best of the wins so far. That's yeah. a big if, but you never know. So, you don't ever know. Look, and I gotta admit, I was a bad fan, and you know because you have this perspective of when I was there with Coach Stewart and covering the team, I'm such a big fan, but I've been so frustrated, as a lot of us have, uh, you know, across the state with the state of the basketball program. So, on the night of the Wichita State game, I tune in. We're doing great, right? And and at one point, I think it was in the first half, we have a five-point lead. I uh, We might have even had a five-point lead going into halftime, Chris. Do you remember? Something along those lines, maybe? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and then I text a friend of mine, and I said, hey, are you watching? And he turned it on, and as soon as he turned it on, we... (laughs) We started, they started tying it, and then we were losing, and I turned it off. I'm like, I'm jinxing it because you know how that works. And lo and behold, he texts me later in the night and says overtime, and by that time the game was over. So I was very impressed with um, with them coming back. But more so than that, you can see some chemistry developing on this young team, can't you? Right, and that game was a roller coaster for sure. So you probably tuned in during the Wichita 16 to nothing run in the middle part of that <laughs> yeah, game. Exactly, I did, yes. Impeccable. <laughs> No, there is, and it's going to take a time. You know, they've got 15 guys on the roster. Twelve of them are new, in addition to the entire coaching staff. So I've been saying it's like preparing for, you know, two teams when you do a game. Normally you kind of know the home team. It's the visiting team you got to get used to. Well, in Missouri's case this year, for me, the, the home team, the Tigers, have been like a brand-new team to prepare for. So they're still getting things worked out, the combinations, the rotation, and all that. And uh, it has been a lot to – take in and that's clearly why the schedule was set up that way really designed for some early success with the lack of strength uh, for the opposition but it's worked well for Missouri and then they've shown improvement I think throughout the course of the non-conference games so who are we looking at here I, you can't run down every player on this roster but obviously it it, it is a little you know we, we don't get to know these kids especially with the ins and outs of how players are transferring but there's not like that big name that's on the team right now that fans would go to and say hey this is who we want to see so what what do you see right now in some of these new players what Gates is putting out on the court that that you like 
Well, what's good is they, they score a lot of points. They're averaging 93 points per game. Again, that'll come down a little bit with a tougher competition, but they share the ball very well. They've been over 20 assists, I think, all but a couple of games this season. And get this, Mark, they've had six different players score at least 20 points in a game this season already. So the big thing is this team can make shots and has made shots. Uh, The games are higher scoring. They're scoring more. They're giving up more points. But they're just entertaining to watch, and a lot of fans have said how much they enjoy watching them. Kobe Brown is the... Household name, if you will, the one returning player, uh, really, who's gotten a lot of time uh, in his course of of time here at Mizzou. And and he's really the leader of the team, one of the captains. And then just briefly, a few of the other guys. Des Moines Hodge is a Cleveland State transfer who came with Coach Gates from Cleveland. And talented kid was a leading scorer up at Cleveland State last year and also was a defensive player of the year in the conference. So that's a good combination when you can have both of that next to your name. And then just uh, maybe a few others. Noah Carter is somebody who played at Northern Iowa. He's had a a couple of big games uh, for Missouri. And uh, Nick Honor is a starting point guard, transferred from Clemson, ACC experience. And Sean East is a guy, junior college transfer, the National Juco Player of the Year. And he has really come on the last couple of games, scored about 20 points per game. So, you know, those are just three or four of the guys. But Coach Gates will like to use nine or ten players extensively in a game. He really likes – you know, to pressure the ball and play full court defense and has really had a lot of success with uh, forcing turnovers from the other teams. So there are a lot of players for fans to learn here in a quick time. So I, um, I noticed there's a little family dynamic that's interesting between KU and Mizubi Kev. Yeah. Christian Braun, who's a guard that starts on the, uh, the Jayhawks, who is the brother of Parker Braun, who was on the Tigers. And that's all related to Mike Sanbody and Lisa Sanbody, right? Absolutely. And Christian now has moved on to the NBA. Last year was his last year at Kansas. He plays for the Denver Nuggets now. But, yeah, his uh, mom is Lisa Sanbody, who played at Mizzou. And his aunt is Laurie Sanbody, who played with Lisa at Mizzou. And his uncle is uh, Mike Sanbody, who played, of course, for Norm Stewart at Mizzou. So they are, uh, you know, all siblings, Lisa, Laurie, and Mike. And so, yes, all in the family. And, of course, he ended up at KU and was just a terrific player, had a big game last year for Kansas against Missouri, really got the Jayhawks out to their great start. But he luckily, for Missouri's sake, I think, because he was a great player, has moved on to the NBA, and he's uh, with the Nuggets. And three of those five starters for Kansas and the national championship team are gone. Now they obviously replace them with good players, but I'd be disappointed if it's not a competitive game. I really think Missouri will play hard and get after it. And I know the fans and the arena is just going to be loud and wild on Saturday. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Let's speak to the rivalry. And, and I have so many fond memories of, of these games in the uh, late eighties, early 1990s. At times you had Mizzou ranked number one and Kansas was ranked number three or vice versa. This is when the Tigers were in that era with coach Stewart. That was amazing. And I, I, I don't remember that. Well, this was the Hearn center back then, as you know, Chris being louder than when those KU games took place. And it's interesting because there's a guy, I don't know this guy, Eric Blum, who writes for the Daily Tribune, wrote a piece last week or last year about this um, rivalry game when it was sort of in its, you know, not official form, saying there's really nobody on these teams that has the perspective, not even Bill Self, of that rivalry game when it was in its, you know, I guess best and purest form because it was so long ago, Chris. Well, it was, and and then it's even, you know, that much more the case this year when you have an entirely new Missouri team, again, coaching staff and 
all the way through. But let me tell you, they'll get a taste of it real quick when they walk in that arena because this will be the the best atmosphere Missouri's had uh, since the last time Kansas played at Mizzou Arena, and that was you know ten years ago, really eleven seasons ago now, of course in uh, early 2012. And I mean, the only thing I've talked with a few people about this week that would come close in those last ten years was Conzo Martin's debut. Michael Porter's debut, all that excitement. Of course, that was ended quickly because of the unfortunate injury to Michael Porter in that opening game against Iowa State when he didn't see the court again for the regular season. That's the only thing that's come close, I think, to an electric atmosphere, all the anticipation and excitement. But I think this will be even more than that particular night and rival some of the old Kansas games because fans are hungry for it. A lot of people sort of say, oh, it doesn't matter. It, doesn't. it matters, I can tell. It matters. And it's yeah. going to be something. Look, yeah, it matters, <clears throat> and that's not just wishful thinking on our part. No, we and, realize it matters. And, and I think I think the Tigers have a look. I would expect maybe KU to win this game, but I think we have a legit shot. The Jayhawks not playing their best basketball right now, and uh, maybe you could take advantage of that and all the energy that's in that room. Jervino, before I let you go, we got to talk a little bit about football here because we talked at the beginning of the season. Didn't start so well. Turned out, I, I think relatively well for, for this program considering where they were. And it's frustrating because there are a couple of those close games that easily could have gone in the other direction and given you a couple more wins. Well, absolutely. I mean, Auburn, Missouri literally gave away. I mean, with the missed short field goal and the fumble into the end zone when the running back was untouched, that would have won the game had he scored an extra yard farther. So that was as bad as I've seen, unfortunately, in terms of just giving a game away, even with Missouri's jinxed history. But, uh, you know, to the Tigers' credit, they, they did come back. They were 2-4 and four at the midway point. They finished 4-2 and two the second half of the season. Their two most impressive wins were at South Carolina and home against Arkansas. So they're off to Tampa for a bowl game against Wake Forest, and that'll be an interesting game. Wake was 6-1 and one to start the season, lost four of its last five. They've got a terrific quarterback, Sam Hartman, threw 35 touchdown passes, and he's expected to play. You know, a lot of kids opt out, but – but he's going to play. But that'll be a good game for Missouri, the SEC versus ACC. Look forward to that coming quickly. You know, you would have talked to me five weeks ago, not that my opinion matters. I would have said, Brady Cook, let's move on. But, wow, he, he really, you know, he needed experience, Chris. And, and he looked better. He's consistently looked better. So I, I, I think that Brady can certainly be a leader moving forward. Absolutely. That's a good uh, observation on your part. He really improved down the stretch, as did the offense. And, yeah, I think he's the guy. You, you just want to see him succeed because he's a great kid, a bright kid. He's from St. Louis. He loves the University of Missouri, and he's all smiles and excitement and exuberance when he talks about Mizzou and being the quarterback at Mizzou. And he played well down the stretch. It was a big key to their turnarounds. Well, obviously, Luther's made it clear that, that he's staying. But, boy, this transfer portal, Chris, you've been around NCAA athletics for a long time. It, it, it is nuts, isn't it? And I know that the, it is what it is, and it's the Wild West, and they have to deal with it. But I don't know how, as a coaching staff, you, you can you know survive all the craziness that goes on this time of year and will continue for a little while. It's a whole new frontier, Mark, and I've been saying, you know, the head coach now, and Eli Drinkwitz is not just the head coach, but he has to be like the general manager yes. of the program. And uh, it's a shame, you know, Dominic Lovett has entered the portal. Now, when you enter, it doesn't mean you're automatically gone, but let's face it, it means you're probably gone. He could still come back, but Lovett was the most productive receiver, obviously, for Missouri this season and one of the top receivers in the SEC. And it's just a, a shame, I think, for Missouri that, that he's leaving, especially as a St. Louis kid. But you know, he's the most notable so far. There likely will be more kids leave even after the bowl game. But as you mentioned, it's a sign of the times. And I don't know that you're putting that 
proverbial genie back in the bottle no, at this point. It's probably crazy. not. What is there a particular reason on the Lovett front that that he decided to leave so quickly? You know, not that's really been expressed. I mean, I do think in this day and age of NIL, players and families may be looking for greener, pun mm-hmm. intended, pastures yeah. Yeah, right. elsewhere. And, and also, you know, maybe looking for a, a more successful program. Missouri did finish strong and got to 6-6 six and six in a bowl and full credit to the Tigers. But I think you're likely going to see Lovett especially uh, end up at a, you know, one of the Blue Bloods, perhaps, one of the real winning programs. I think he's that good a talent. That's why you hate to lose him. You know, you you have a kid, you have him for a year, you develop him a bit, at least within that year, and then he might leave for a, a bigger and, in, in his mind, perhaps better program. But uh, we'll see where he ends up. But a lot of big schools apparently on his radar and vice versa. Chris Trevino, enjoy the atmosphere on Saturday at uh, Missouri Arena. I think it's going to be a blast. Who knows? Maybe we can get a victory, and then we're coming here to take on the Illini, and they're good with the Border War game. Maybe we'll hook up for that as well. We're looking forward to it here in St. Louis, Chris. Thank you so much, as usual, giving us a little preview of the game tomorrow. All right. Hope to see you in St. Louis, Mark. Thanks. Well, it's going to be a great game, and I get my hopes up for things like this, and then what (laughs) happens is Mizzou throws in a big turd tomorrow at Mizzou Arena, but I I don't know. Every time I get confident about the program, you know, it just works in the opposite direction. I I was at that Throws a big turd. That's (laughs) the phrase of the day. That's my Tigers, but I I remember going to... I can't remember the the year that that stadium, that you know, the new all those classic games that Chris and I were talking about and Coach Stewart was talking about, that happened in the 1980s and the 1990s, but... I remember going to the last game at Mizzou Arena between KU and Mizzou. We were down at the half, and Ooh. I think people had given up hope. I was up in the um, like in one of the areas off the suites where you can get drinks during halftime. I didn't even rush back into my seat. And then I noticed, I'm like, wait a second, we're kind of coming back. And we won that game. It was one of the oh. most, and I've been at very, very electric Mizzou games, but that was really something special. And here's Norm Stewart. You know, Coach Stewart became a friend because I ended up doing some commercials for his uh, restaurant that he had part oh, ownership nice. in and got to know him just because <laughs> I was intimidated by him. And we cracked the ice because he had a cat named Normie, and oh. I had a cat named Max. And we were at this, we were at this cat show that my morning show partner at the time was putting on as part of a fundraiser for the Humane Society. And this guy that seemed so angry, you know, if you ever saw him yeah. stomping up and down on the sidelines, he looked so intimidating. He was a big pussycat, as they say. He was so nice, Aww. and we became friends for life. And this is Coach Stewart reflecting on this great series. Kansas, Missouri, basketball rivalry has a lot of meaning for me and a lot of history. If you watch a KUMU sporting event, you will see some of the most outstanding <laughs> plays, teams, everything involved in it because uh, it brings out the best. Ted Owens, who I keep in contact with, and he was the coach when I came to Missouri as a coach. And we had some very very heated ball games. When he says heated uh-huh. ball games, they, the, I mean, the players would go at one another. It was hot, wow. hot, hot. And then, you know, that developed into the 1980s when Mizzou and KU, and KU just started dominating, you know, basketball. They won the NCAA championship, yeah. I think, with Danny Manning in 1988. But this was still a series that went back and forth. Sometimes Mizzou was good. Sometimes, well, usually KU was always ranked. But even when Mizzou wasn't ranked, they, they put up a great fight against the Jayhawks. I think uh, Coach Dennis Gates has come in to Missouri and has done so many good things to start out 
And of course, the, the good, the real good thing is he's winning some ball games. And I think he will continue to do that. But I think more than that, he brings the other things with him that, uh, that a good coach and a good program and a good leader uh, show and uh, people become very attached to very quickly. I do like what I see from Coach Dennis Gates, and hopefully we'll get a victory tomorrow at Mizzou Arena in Columbia. Audio cut of the day is coming up. Oh, we got uh, Kilmeade coming into town. Here was one of his sign-offs today on the, uh, I think this is on the television right here. I'll see you in St. Louis tonight. There you go. He's on his way. The room is building right now. I have this, uh, they put together like this little run of show thing, right? Oh, sure. For tonight. And it says, uh, 97.1 FM Talk. Staff to be there at 5:30. Well, I think we're late. One. Sue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but before we get out of here for the weekend, we got to do this, ladies and gentlemen. Playback ready. Now the audio cut of the day. Audio cut of the day is sponsored by my friends at the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance. And pain relief. And I didn't really uh, spend a lot of time this afternoon uh, on the, the Twitter files and the second release from Barry Weiss yesterday, which was really, I think, bigger than the first one a week ago, which happened a week ago Friday today with uh, Matt Taibbi. This one was even more devastating, I think. But a lot of us knew this was going on. What was going on? Well, they were shadow banning conservatives on Twitter. And there's a lot of evidence. Now, let's go back to 2018 in September. Jack Dorsey, he of St. Louis fame one of the co-founders of Twitter. Uh, Social media is being rigged to censor conservatives. Is that true of Twitter? No. I don't know what Twitter is up to. It sure looks like to me that they're censoring people and they ought to stop it. Uh, Are you censoring people? No. Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans. It's bad. Is that true? No. well, those are all lies, unless oh, Mr. Dorsey was Mark, unaware. Glenn what? Greenwald today said, look, this is how this kind of thing came down. Conservatives, the reach of our tweets is being limited by a progressive Twitter workforce. Dems, that's an insane conspiracy theory. Barry Weiss, here are the docs proving this. Dems, everyone knew this already. It's an altogether now nothing burger. And Greenwald and others, and Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss, anyone denying that Twitter's censored to protect Dems and suppress conservatives is just lying at this point. I mean, there's overwhelming yeah evidence that big tech censorship helped Democrats silence conservatives. Now, did it cost the election? Did it? I, I have no know. idea. The fact of the matter is they lied about it. You have documents that show that this happened. And the rest of the mainstream legacy media is just basically ignoring this. Barry Weiss did a great breakdown. If you don't follow her on Twitter or subscribe on Substack, I would highly recommend that. But this audio cut of the day has two parts because I have to get Wilson Contreras in, the newest member of the St. Louis Cardinals. He said the bar really high. And he was, he was my idol. I wouldn't lie about it. I already told him, too. Um, but I came here to be Wilson Contreras. I'm here for you guys. I know that I came here to succeed Yarian Molina, the greatest catch of the last two decades. And for me, it's an honor to be wearing um, this uniform and be behind the plate. I told these guys, you, you love me because I do everything that I could for my team. And we have, you got to go out there and, and, and win the battle every single day. I'm a winner, uh, and I came here uh, to help this team, to help this team in any way I can to win ball games. I know this is a team that's looking forward to win, and, and every, every the whole organization is looking at one direction: just uh, 
to get back to the World Series. Wilson Contreras, the new Adorable. catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. And did I hear Frank correctly where he said Yachty sent him a Cardinals yes. jersey in September? Yes. And he tried it on when and he was flailing yes. with the Cubs in this final season. And, and he said, hey, this kind of looks good. I think I can see myself. He in asked that his wife and she said, it looks great. I think End looks of the story. Outstanding. We'll see you at the MAC tonight. Can't wait for the event with Kilmeade. If you can't make it, we'll report Full details, Monday afternoon. Can I have your cheesecake? Oh, thank you. You can have my cheesecake. I appreciate that. uh, Well, I'm doing a spin class at the MAC tomorrow so I can work that cheesecake up. But you're off all next week, right? Yes. Enjoy the week. Thank you. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.